Welcome to the second Essential Antitrust podcast in our 2022 season. I'm Megan Rissmiller, an antitrust partner in the Washington office of Freshfields, Brookhouse, and Derringer. As a reminder, I will be your temporary host until Jen Millat returns. So what are we doing today? We're focusing on the U.S. Competition Authority's recent announcement of efforts to review and revise the merger control guidelines, both horizontal and vertical. Today, we'll discuss this announcement by the FTC and DOJ and implications for merging parties going forward. This follows our spotlight at the end of the year on more interventionist regimes in the EU and the UK, reflecting a global trend toward closer scrutiny of certain types of deals, which is creating an increasingly complex regulatory environment for our clients. I'm joined today by my colleagues Laura Onken and Justin Stewart Teitelbaum to cover today's topic. Thank you for being here today. Hey, Megan, good to be here. Justin, Laura, just to ensure our listeners are all on the same page, could you provide a high-level background of the horizontal and ver- vertical merger guidelines? Hi, Megan. Great to be here and happy to provide a background. The horizontal guidelines, first published by the DOJ in 1968, lay out the framework the U.S. agencies use to assess the competitive effects of mergers between actual or potential competitors. The guidelines have been revised a number of times over the years. The authorities are also looking into revising the vertical guidelines published in June 2020, which relate to transactions that combine firms or assets at different stages of the supply chain. Interestingly there, Laura, the FTC already withdrew its support for the 2020 vertical merger guidelines earlier this year. While the DOJ has not formally withdrawn the vertical guidelines, DOJ leadership has expressed agreement with the FTC's concerns regarding the vertical merger guidelines namely that they allegedly overstate the potential efficiencies of vertical mergers and fail to identify certain relevant theories of harm. So, Laura, you noted that the guidelines have been revised a number of times over the years. How long does this revision process take? How frequently are the guidelines revised? And does this proposed revision fit into that context historically? Historically, guideline revisions were aimed at reflecting agency enforcement practice and policies. Revisions come as a way to update existing practices and account for legal and economic developments since the last revisions. And the last revisions, Laura, in 2010, took about a year. Generally, the review process starts with a request for information seeking public comments on where the revisions should focus. The agencies review the comments and propose revised guidelines that are then released for a second round of public comments before finalizing them. So in this case, the entire process could take up to a year or more. In fact, I was actually at the commission during the 2010 revisions to the horizontal merger guidelines, and the FTC and the DOJ made a very concerted effort at getting the guidelines right, with a focus on updating the standards used for developing market definitions and accounting for legal and economic developments that had taken place since the last revisions previously in the 1990s. The FTC and DOJ have put forward a similar rationale for their current review, bringing the guidelines in line with, quote, market realities in particular with respect to newer theories of harm, such as killer acquisitions, labor issues, and other novel theories of harm, particularly in tech and innovation markets. So is this just a routine review of the guidelines, or is this reflective of something else happening here? I think it's a great question, Megan. I think the way that the announcement and RFI are framed hinted the review efforts as being more than just a routine update to the existing framework. If you look at the topics in the request for information, The approach suggests that the authorities are considering a potential shift away from the paradigm of considering consumer welfare as the lodestar of merger analysis. For example, the FTC and the DOJ RFI 
probes whether effects on labor, innovation, and data aggregation should be considered by the FTC and DOJ when reviewing mergers, all kind of on the newer side of potential theories of harm. So what do you think is driving these efforts now? Was this expected? So from my perspective, a few things factor into this. From a political perspective, there's a new administration that is focused on strengthening antitrust enforcement. President Biden's July 9th executive order instructed the agencies to consider whether they should revise the guidelines. So issuance of a request for information kicking off a process to revise the guidelines can largely be seen as a progression of that directive. That's right. And similarly, over the last few years, Congress has been focused on updating antitrust laws and competition has become a real hot button issue today. So there is increased pressure on authorities to ensure that their enforcement practices are effective and can account for the perceived inadequacies of existing practices. More broadly, authorities have indicated dissatisfaction with the current merger control regime. The current review is, in part, driven by the advent of the digital economy, which has allegedly revolutionized not just tech markets, but entire industries. The general view that's being posited is that digital revolution across industries has increased the links between businesses by an order of magnitude that the existing guidelines are not fit to detect or evaluate. I agree completely. The current guidelines focus on historical and vertical links between businesses, but FTC and DOJ leadership have suggested that dichotomy is outdated, given that digitization of industries have enabled connections across industries and supply chains that do not neatly fit into these categories. So really, this is an example of follow-through on several political initiatives to, quote, modernize competition enforcement in the U.S. All very interesting. Now, taking a look specifically at the kinds of questions in the RFI, they're asking for information or comment on a broad range of topics, so everything from monopolies to evidentiary issues. Which topics do you think among those will see the most focus, and what types of changes do you think will take place? So from my perspective, the FTC and DOJ RFI is aimed at broadening the framework the FTC and DOJ utilize to review and assess mergers. Issues that suggest an analysis of effects beyond the traditional consumer welfare framework are likely to receive significant attention in the comments. One example is labor monopsony. FTC Chair Khan framed the issue as whether the guidelines adequately assess mergers that may lessen competition in labor markets, thereby harming workers. The focus here is on whether there may be factors beyond salaries, wages, and compensation that should impact a determination, and whether cost savings generated by layoffs or capacity reduction should be treated as efficiencies. That's right, Laura. And another example I'd add is evidentiary proof and whether the current guidelines are unduly limited in the focus of evidence being considered. Should the types of evidence used to assess market power and competitive harms differ depending on the industry? And what are available alternatives for evaluating things like non-price effects? Additionally, the FTC DOJ RFI seeks comments on incorporating the concept of monopoly creation into merger review. In particular, how to incorporate the U.S. Clayton Act's tending to create a monopoly prong, since merger review historically has focused on the lessening competition prong. Do you think some of the topics under consideration will blur the lines between competition and non-competition issues if they make it into a revised set? So, for example, does the proposal to take a deeper focus on labor and employment issues blur the lines between competition and employment law? It's a great question. The FTC and DOJ have indicated a focus specifically on the effects of competition in labor markets rather than operation of labor markets more broadly. While a move in this direction would be a departure from the traditional framework, there is an ostensible nexus to competition. 
It's still unclear how exactly labor markets would be assessed when reviewing transactions, particularly as switching jobs within an employment market frequently is not limited to companies that might be horizontal competitors. So from our conversation, it sounds like there's a lot that's really up in the air right now, which obviously creates uncertainty for businesses. So in the spirit of getting a little bit more certainty, is there a limit on the types of changes that the FTC and DOJ can implement through this process? I think it's right that there's a lot up in the air right now with the release of the RFI. I think it's important to remember that the RFI is a broad-ranging set of open-ended points at this stage and includes a broad scope of topics that may not eventually make it into any proposed revisions. Nevertheless, any update to the guidelines should provide some more insight and clarity as to the position of the FTC and the DOJ today and the practical implications of their merger investigations um, taking place behind closed doors largely. And I think what's important to remember is if merging parties are prepared to litigate, the FTC and DOJ will ultimately need to prove their case in court to challenge a merger. So judicial precedent will also act as a check on the utilization and probative weight of the guidelines in contested cases. Do you think the changes that are potentially being considered will affect some industries more than others? Which ones and why? I think there's a stated focus on digital markets and certain topics such as mergers that eliminate a potential competitor and mergers involving small firms that could evolve into plausible competition. And they're more relevant probably to digital markets than other industries. That said, any revisions to the guidelines will be applicable across industry and the impact on any given merger will be highly fact-specific, including in more traditional industries that have been digitized in more recent years. You mentioned the possibility of testing some of the agency's new changes in court. So do you think, or how do you think, these revisions will play with existing judicial precedent? Do you think courts are open to adopting a new approach? The comments from Commissioners Phillips and Wilson, the two Republican commissioners, in conjunction with the announcement of the RFI, highlight that the 2010 horizontal merger guidelines have largely been accepted by the courts because they are based on a consensus framework developed over decades. Maintaining that sort of consensus through an administrable, transparent, and predictable framework would certainly help the guidelines retain the kind of persuasive value they've historically held in the judicial process. So who can provide responses to the RFI, and do you think it's worthwhile to do so? So the FTC and the DOJ are currently seeking public comments on topics listed in the RFI, as well as other relevant issues. After receiving those comments, they'll take them into account and potentially draft new guidelines and publish those for public comment as well in a second round. Although authorities get the final say on what revisions are implemented, they're looking to hear from a broad range of market participants, including consumers, workers, entrepreneurs, startups, independent businesses, small businesses, farmers, and innovators. These views are important because it will help authorities get a sense of what market realities are, which will ensure that any revisions that take place are not detached from market realities, which is really the stated aim of the process. So bringing everything together, um, you know, what are some of the key lessons or takeaways do you think our listeners can take from this discussion? I'm sure you've each experienced antitrust scrutiny and the fact that it's been on an uptrend since the Biden administration took office. Do you think this announcement will impact the enforcement trajectory? So even though the process to officially change the guidelines could take a year or more, I think we've already seen and we can expect to see continued heightened scrutiny from the U.S. agencies in the meantime. You know, a year is a long time in the world of M&A. What should companies considering transactions do in the meantime, and how can they prepare for any potential changes coming out of this process? Certainly right, Megan, a year is a long time and a lot can change in the interim. But as a starting point, 
parties considering transactions should really engage antitrust counsel early to build a strategy that accounts for the aggressive and evolving enforcement environment, allows for longer timelines for mergers review, for example. And as necessary, companies should consider and plan for the possibility of litigation and potentially be prepared to test any new legal theories and or new guidelines in federal court and put the agencies to their burden of proof in defense of their transactions. Okay. Thanks, Laura. Thanks, Justin. Really appreciate the discussion and look forward to seeing what comes out of this process. Thanks, Megan. Thanks for having us, Megan.